This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness is our guy, Doug Kide. He joins us on the phone lines. He's from Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter, at Doug Kide. And, Doug, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I know you are on the show yesterday, man. We might as well put you on the payroll, man. We're going to get you on day-to-day. We're going <laughs> to have you have your, uh, have your uh, insight all the time. But I did want to ask you about a specific article that had to do that, that you put out before you went on vacation, talked about Devontae Adams and Dave Ziegler. But before I get to that, I did want to ask about your travel on your way back from vacation. I know you had a few hiccups here and there. How did that end up playing? out oh man it was it was pretty brutal on on sunday at two o'clock i got an email from jet blue that my flight sunday night was canceled and i guess it was part of a ton of cancellations i, I couldn't leave until tuesday night so me and the family were uh, were in orlando for a few more days it was it was nice to enjoy the weather outside of new england but uh yeah, the uh, the cost kind of stacked up there after a while. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, if you're gonna get stranded somewhere, Orlando's not a bad place to get stranded. You know, it could have absolutely not. No, it yeah. could have been, especially compared to the water in New England. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it could have been a lot better. But I did want to focus in on just the that article that you had put out before you gone on vacation. It was uh, inside the the Raiders' acquisition of uh, of Devontae Adams and of course Dave Ziegler and Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, all new to the Raiders' organization, and they went out and made a move that well many people are saying that it's going to be a very patriot way when it comes to the Raiders but they went out and made a very unpatriot like move when they went and acquired Devontae Adams and you got a chance to talk to Dave Ziegler at the owners meetings how how much did that kind of throw you off that move that they made when they went and got Adams I, I was definitely a little bit surprised because yeah I mean the the Patriots you know during Dave Ziegler's time and even before it uh you know had had pulled off some some moves for bigger players but not at that cost, and then also not, you know, giving that player a major contract immediately afterwards. This move predated Dave Ziegler, but obviously the Patriots did acquire Randy Moss from the then Oakland Raiders right. uh, back in 2007. But that was for a fourth-round pick, and it, it took, a, I think, another year before they actually gave him a market contract. So, yeah, I think that this was – I basically went into the conversation with, with Dave Ziegler saying, like, was it kind of nerve-wracking or stressful for this to be your first major move as a general manager to be acquiring this top-flight player, giving up two high picks, giving him the big contract uh, that you did, You know, given the fact that it, it was kind of straying away from, from what the Patriots did with Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels there for so many years. Right, absolutely. Did you feel like that that move that they made was one of those that almost let you know, like, hey, I know that these guys came from New England, but they're not really necessarily in the same Patriot mold? Yeah, I think so. I think that it was uh, I think it was nice for them to kind of break out of that mold right away and, and kind of say, like, listen, we're going to be doing things kind of our own way here. And obviously it was a unique situation where uh, obviously you give up a lot for Devontae Adams, you have to give him the big contract. But it was also clearly a case where Devontae Adams really wanted to be 
with the Raiders. And I don't think that the Packers would have had the opportunity to shop Devontae Adams around to other teams at that point. It was basically, you know, they were either going to give Devontae Adams the contract or he was going to be getting it with the Las Vegas Raiders. He didn't have a no-trade clause, but he certainly could have made it an issue for the organization uh, if they had tried to deal him somewhere else. So, you know, in that token, I think that they probably got a pretty decent value for Devontae Adams if he had been available to all other 31 teams. Maybe they would have had to pay a little bit more. Uh, but no, absolutely. I thought it was an interesting move for them to make right away uh, to show that maybe this isn't going to be the same Patriot way that you've seen out of guys like you know, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia and, and some of these other coaches and GMs who have left New England. What did you think about, I mean, you talked about the, the draft capital that the Raiders had to give up to acquire Adams, but I've been kind of stressing that it's over after this year. They don't have to worry about it next year, following years. It's immediately done with after the second round, after that pick goes by this past year. What did you just think of the fact that it's done this year? Yeah, I think that that really helps because you know, there's no way that at least in 2022 that the players that you take in the first and second round are going to have the same impact the player like Devontae Adams would. Uh, we have a, a, a war metric wins above replacement at PFF, and Devontae Adams was one of the, the most valuable non-quarterbacks in the NFL last season. I think he had a, a .77 war. There's just no way that two rookies are going to have that same value. And, you know, maybe over the life of their contract, you know, given the, the weight of the contract and how much money they're making and everything, you know, maybe at some point those players would have become as valuable as Devontae Adams. But, yeah, like you said, you get it all out of the way in 2022. Uh, they don't have the first and second round pick this year, but they do in the future. And they add a player like Devontae Adams. So I think that, that it definitely helps that this isn't a move you know, similar to what the Broncos made or the, the Browns made where you're losing draft picks uh, far into the future you know, and only getting one player in return. Talking right now with Doug Kide from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And what about the domino effect that the Devontae Adams trade and the signing, the contract extension made throughout the course of the league? I mean, all we're seeing now is why receivers get paid. It's almost like the Raiders really had a domino effect. The moves that they made had a domino effect on the rest of the league. Yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah, you saw the, the Tyree Kill trade. Uh, you know, pretty much right after that. And then he winds up getting a, an even bigger contract than Devontae Adams signed. And now, you know, a wide receiver like Devo Samuel, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, why he removed the 49ers from the social media. And, <laughs> right. you know, what's what's going to happen with that situation? But it seems like he's seeing these other wide receivers making all this money. And now he wants in on that, obviously, as well. And who knows? You might see something like that with, with DK Metcalf, too. There's been some rumors that, he could, you know, teams are reaching out about him as far as trades go. Uh, teams are, you know, reaching out about A.J. Brown, it sounds like, uh, as well. So, yeah, it, wide receivers are, are, like, in as much demand this offseason as quarterbacks are. And I thought that one thing that Dave Ziegler said about the trade was interesting. It's not something that you actually hear very often from GMs or coaches or anything like that. But one of the reasons they said he was really comfortable, comfortable making the trade was that you know Devontae Adams is a player who put, who actually puts points on the board. Mm -hmm. It's it's not like a, a defensive tackle or a or a you know a corner or an offensive lineman where you're kind of trying to weigh the value of a player uh, based on things that aren't necessarily tangible. With Devontae Adams, since he scores as many touchdowns as he does, since he's actually a player who can actually 
you know, put points on the board, I think that that made them a lot more comfortable. And, and that's what you're seeing with wide receivers and quarterbacks in general, these players who can actually put points on the board and you can tangibly show the value that they have to the team. I think that helps quite a bit. Did you get the sense in talking to, to GM Dave Ziegler that he is a, a very aggressive type guy, uh, that he'll make aggressive type moves, not only in free agency, but also the draft? Um, not necessarily. Okay. I think that, uh, I think he, he's definitely a very smart guy. I think that he could pro- you know, potentially be a, a progressive GM, a progressive thinker. I think that this move definitely showed that it, when the opportunity is there, he will be aggressive. Um, but overall, I would say that, you know, I hadn't talked to him a lot before this, uh, but I think the number one thing that I kind of came away with is that he's definitely a very cerebral, cerebral guy uh, and that he's going to put a ton of thought into every decision that he makes as the Raiders GM, which is obviously what you want out of that role. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's so funny because when free agency or at least the legal tampering period started, uh, everyone was worried because there was no, well, the Raiders are going to come to agreement with this player, come together with this. So everyone thought that Ziegler and everyone else was uh, asleep at the wheel. And then he goes and makes the move for Chandler Jones and then follows that up with the move for Devontae Adams. I mean, to me, Doug, that tells me that this team and this regime believes that they are close, you know, especially in this division. They're close to feeling like they should be a contender. I mean, was that the approach and the feel that you got from that move as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, in both of those moves, you know, signing Chandler Jones, that was a huge swing uh, for them. And obviously a player that they feel comfortable with since, uh, you know, he was in New England with Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Patrick Graham, a lot of that staff. Um, and then, you know, the, the flip side of that move was, was trading away Yannick Ngakwe, which I thought made a lot of sense. You don't want to have that much money invested in the in the edge rusher position when they already have Max Crosby and Chandler Jones there, able to get a young cornerback like Rocky Yassin. So, yeah, I think that there was the potential there where they could have come in and said, all right, look, the rest of the AFC West is absolutely stacked. There's no way that we're going to compete right away. So let's just kind of hold back, build up the team as we go. But they showed that they will be right there in the mix uh, by, you know, pulling off this move for Devontae Adams, pulling off this move uh, for Chandler Jones. I think that their team is, is pretty well constructed at this point. Obviously there's not strengths, throughout the entire roster, right. but they definitely have the talent at this point uh, to compete with the better teams in the AFC. Talking right now with Doug Kide from uh, Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man demond has got a question for you. Yeah, Doug, so if you had to rank the Raiders' offseason acquisitions so far, where would you rank them, and ha- do you like all the moves that have been made? Um, as, as in, you know, rank them individ- individually or rank them oh, uh, as, a, as compared to the rest in the league of where everyone else is at as well. I think, you know, they're, they're definitely near the top. Uh, I think that a team like the Los Angeles chargers, you know, stay, sticking in the, in the division had a really strong off season. Um, I think that the Miami dolphins had a really strong off season, obviously the Denver Broncos uh, with Russell Wilson, but I, I put the Raiders up there. I wouldn't necessarily put them, you know, at the top, I think that the Bengals, the Chargers, teams like that probably had slightly stronger off seasons, just given you know maybe the money that they wound up paying for some of the assets that they were able to acquire. Um, I, I like the moves that the Raiders made, but you still have to trade draft picks and give the contract uh, for Devontae Adams. You still have to give a big contract to a player like Chandler Jones. So I, I think that they definitely, if the goal of this offseason was to make the Raiders as, as strong as possible, then they certainly accomplished that. They just might not have got 
quite as much value out of the players that they signed as other teams around the league. Final question for you, Doug, and I've been saying this for a while now, is I look at the AFC West, and obviously it's going to be a juggernaut. It's going to probably be the best division in football. At least that's what it looks like on paper. As as far as just talent-wise, it looks like there's no team in the division that's heads and tails better than the other. You know what I mean? I feel like they're pretty pretty close, you know, pretty evenly matched. How do you look at just the division in a whole? Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be the most competitive in the NFL. It's one of the best divisions, you know, overall in recent memory. I, I, I agree. I, I actually think it's pretty crazy. I think I might actually put the Chiefs fourth in that division, despite the fact that they do obviously have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and everything like that. I just think that out of all of those teams, they're the one that, that got weaker this offseason, they've probably got the biggest holes in their roster. But overall, I think that that division is going to be really close. I really like a lot of the coaches in that division as well. I think Brandon Staley is a really smart coach. I think that obviously Josh McDaniels is a really smart coach. Andy Reid, one of the best in the NFL. I think that Nathaniel Hackett uh, certainly has the potential to do some, some good things there with the Denver Broncos as well. He doesn't necessarily have the same track record, I'd say, uh, as some of those other guys. But I mean, that's going to be the, the division to watch this year. I almost want to, you know, be out there on the West Coast and, <laughs> and be able to watch it, you know, in person as much as possible. I'll, I'll try to get out there over the summer and, and do maybe like a training camp tour to, to see some of those teams up close. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun to watch those teams. Uh, and it's been fun to watch them, you know, in that arms race to get better this offseason. Yeah, no, it has. It's been a lot of fun. We're anticipating just what this uh, what this division is going to look like as they battle each other each and every week. Can't wait for football, but we know that's a long way away. Uh, are you coming out for the draft? Uh, I am not going to be coming out for the draft. It's it, the draft is one of those events that it's it's kind of easier to to cover it from home sometimes. Right. Uh, so yeah, I will be I'll, I'll be staying out here in uh in cold New England. For that. <laughs> All right. Well, when you come out here to Las Vegas, man, you got to let us know. I mean, hell, we got we might as well put you on the payroll. Like I said, we got you on so many <laughs> shows. We're gonna have to uh, break you off a little bit of coins or something uh, when you come out this way. But uh, thank you so much for your time. You got anything coming out on Pro Football Focus that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, yeah, I've got an interesting piece coming out next week on some players who could be surprise first-rounders. I've been asking Ooh. around the league, and I, I've been getting some, uh, some actually pretty interesting answers about that. So I think that'll be dropping on Monday or Tuesday on PFF. Uh, yeah, and if I do come out there to Las Vegas, Hopefully my flight gets canceled and I get stranded there for a, for a couple extra days as well. Exactly, exactly. We'll find you a place to stay so you don't have to pay no money, man. We got you. It's the least we could do, Doug. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend, my man. Yeah, you too. All right, there he goes. Doug Kide right there for Pro Football Focus. Yeah, man, we put him. Now, if he's on the radio here tomorrow... He's already on the payroll, all right? <laughs> if he's on the radio tomorrow. We don't have shows tomorrow. Exactly my point. If he's on the radio here tomorrow, then something's gone either really, really great or terribly wrong. But one of the two, he's going to be put on the payroll immediately if we put him on tomorrow. I'm just saying. So uh, many thanks to, to uh, Doug for joining us. Uh, normally I don't double down and, and have a guest, but I did want to focus in on the piece that he put out on Pro Football Focus with uh, Dave Ziegler and Devontae Adams. So uh, good stuff there from Doug. Definitely appreciate him. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Kide. That's K-Y-E-D. 316 is it not time? Raider Nation, holler at us, man. 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R-N-R. What do you think the Raiders' priorities need to be? The top three priorities for the Raiders – Coming up in the draft at the end of April right here in Las Vegas. And what game, if there's one game that gets your blood boiling when you think about it, what would it be? Holler at us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 3.30, Deontay Lee from The Athletic. Going to talk some draft with him. We're going to take another angle with the draft. There's so many different angles you can take with the draft. That's uh, that's why I love talking about the NFL draft. So we'll do that at 3.30 with Deontay Lee. And as I talk about the draft, I want to know what you think, Raider Nation. What are the top three priorities? What should the top three priorities be for the Raiders as they head into this draft coming up starting on April 28th? Whether they stay in the third round or they move up, move back, whatever the case may be, what do you think the priority should be as far as the silver and black is concerned heading into the draft? I personally put cornerback at number one. That's my personal feelings. I think that that's going to be a position that's really going to be needed in a major way, especially in that Patrick Graham defense with, with the way he wants to operate it, that, that that cornerback position is going to be needed. Some some young studs. So, And this draft is pretty deep in corners, so I think if you're going to go get one, go get one in this draft. Got a couple text messages, 69187, keyword R&R. Another question I threw out there was, is there one game that gets you hot, gets that blood flowing? You think about it and you're like, ooh, that burns me up. I know we all know about the the tuck rule. That 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 bothers all of us. You know. They made a 30 for 30 out of that. It's, it's such a bad such a bad game. I get it. But outside of the tuck rule. And it doesn't have to be just Raider related. It could be any game. Like the game that got this whole thing started for me was the A's and Dodgers in the World Series in 88. Game 1, Kirk Gibson home run off Eck. Beck for Eck and Eck gave it up. Eck might have caused me to start drinking. And that was 88. I didn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> a young Q needed a drink after that game. I need a drink. <laughs> that bothered me, man. That was a real bad game. Another one that I mentioned was that Monday night football game, Kansas City and the Raiders. When I, Andre Brad Moon Rising got behind Eric Turner, rest in peace, got that touchdown at the last second. Kansas City walks it off, and that was in Oakland. That was even worse. That was just an awful game. Awful, awful game. I was so mad by that one. Raider Hutch hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, why in the world did you bring up that game where Andre Risen toasted us with five seconds left? That's why I don't count us count it as a win until there's zero on the clock and there's no flags. LOL. Yeah, that was so bad. God, that was such a bad game. Just knew that that was a dub until it wasn't. It's like I was already starting to think about the next brag I was going to have, and it was snatched away from me just like that. Raider Al... From Georgia, even though the text says, oh, no, maybe this is Raider Al from Alaska. It is Raider Al from Alaska. That's right. We have a couple Raider Al's, huh? I guess so. And we got a lot of Raider and everything. Right. Raider Al from Alaska. Whether they stay, whether they trade up, I want them to target quarterback. But if they must trade up, hopefully it's not for picks in next year's draft. Got to keep those to prepare for the Super Bowl run since it's at the Death Star. P.S. Come on, DeMond. Did you make the heartbeat sound yourself? Where's your sound effects? You got to keep up with that radio show down under. They give you one little party horn, and it's, it's it's incredible. It's just one party horn. They ain't doing nothing special. I mean, you know, it is what it is. You want fanfare, Q? I'm just saying. Just saying. I mean, it would be good to have some nice sound effects. It would be good to have a nice heartbeat. Doom, 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 doom. Instead of having me do it like that. Just you saying. know what? Who texted that in? Um, Raider Al from Alaska. Raider Al from Alaska. I'll get on it. <laughs> right now in the studio... From our sister station, Comp. Hey. What's up, Sylvia? Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Have you got any more uh, prison mail? No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. Are like you sure? 
I got one. <laughs> I knew. Like, I was like, no, she answered that way too quickly. We had to bring her in because there's a big event going on here in Las Vegas this evening. It's Who is the concert? Uh, it's BTS. Okay. They're a, what, a boy band from where? Japan? Uh, Korea. No, Korea. It's a K-pop band. Very, 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 What does that very... mean, K-pop? Korean. Korean pop. Oh, okay. They're very popular. Yeah, they are. Biggest I know band that. in the world, Q. What? <laughs> Biggest band in the world. Biggest musical act in the world. Yeah, I know, but I don't subscribe to that. I, I, I whatever. Oh, he's too cool. That's why. No, Sorry. I just, I just never, I never heard their music, and from the looks of them, it's probably not something that I'm gonna be playing in the car. You yeah. telling me RM gets on the track? You ain't trying to listen to it? No. It's Red no. Monster. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. But whatever. The, the, I'm sure it's great music because it's been sold out forever, right? I guess. The concert's been sold out forever. I get it. But I don't get why people have been at Allegiant Stadium since like five this morning when you have tickets. Tickets are, pri- are seats. You already have seats, so I don't understand. why. I would- think they were back uh, yesterday, right? Why would they do that when you have tickets to a It's like if I have tickets to, to go to the game, I'm not going to the game on Saturday for a game that kicks off on Sunday at 1. Why would I do that? I think they want the merch. I think it's the merch. I think they want the, the T-shirts. If there's mugs, they want the mugs. If there are dolls, they want the dolls. I think that's what's going on. So you fine folks in here are trying to tell me that Cats are lining up at the stadium to get a T-shirt. Yeah, because you don't know if it's it's exclusive. You see how excited I was. I know you're a little too yeah. fired up. Did you line up for a T-shirt? Have maybe. you ever? <laughs> maybe. Have you ever in your life gone to a concert a day before to get a T-shirt? No. Okay. Because there's nothing that I'm that big of a fan. Even if it's Muse, Muse is one of my favorites. But I okay. better have like a meet and greet with the shirt if I'm going to be there a day before. Damon, you're a big fan of certain things. Have you ever arrived anywhere a day early? I don't care how big of a fan of I am of anything. I hate lines more. After 10 minutes of standing in line, I'm like, what's the point of this? <laughs> so you're not camping no, out. No, no way. No, I think these are just, they're another level of fan. So are these just the like. The BTS army is strong yeah. too. Is this, okay, so this is bigger than the Beehive? Oh, yeah. I think they so. got Andrew Wiggins a starter because one of the members was just like, hey, vote for Andrew Wiggins to be an all-star starter. Shut up. How do you think Andrew Wiggins was an all-star starter in the NBA? I thought the great folks in, in the fine state of California and the fine city of Oakland just took care of that. You no, know? one K-pop not gross, member. Not the gross <laughs> desert in Las Vegas. One K-pop member was just like, yeah, hey, give a give a vote to Andrew Wiggins. And the fan said, you know what? Andrew Wiggins is an all-star Shut starter. Up. I, is That's that, a power. Well, you, who are you telling? Power. Wow. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. So that's why there are going to be fans waiting in line at 5 a.m. or the day before to get a freaking shirt. Why didn't you tell me this? We could have came and made our own shirts and just drove by the stadium multiple times. You could have just hung out the back of the caddy and DeMond could have yelled out the window. No I could have. You got the, the no. t shirt press? Can that's you what I'm saying. Yes, we could have bootlegged. Yeah, we could have had a. I didn't know you had the capability. You got a wedding to pay for. We could have gone. We could have worked on this. Damn. We you came. gave me the idea too late. It's your fault. I've been giving you nothing but ideas about this. No. I've been every Just now. Every Show's idea. Over at four. We can be outside of the concert by the time it's I've over. I've given her eighteen <laughs> different ideas. I'll print out the pictures. Yes, we're she's an artist. Be no. like, hey, you missed you missed out on the show. We got Wait. t-shirts right here. What's worse is she's an artist. She has her own website. She sells her own <laughs> merchandise. How did you not come up with that? I don't know. I'm not BTS. I'm not a cute boy. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> what? How? I'm not in a K-pop band. Okay, well, where can we get your merchandise anyway? Because you do sell some fantastic stuff. RoseDollyArt.com. You got to say it with some oomph. 
RoseDollyArt.com. <laughs> Get your ass out of here. There goes Sylvia from our sister station, Comp. Thank you so much for your knowledge. Yep. We appreciate you. Jeez. How does an artist that has her own website not come up with an idea to bootleg some t-shirts? Maybe she's, she's not a con artist. That's the problem. She has a wedding to pay for. You got to get it any way you can. Deontay Lee's coming up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. I mentioned on Thursday's show how fun it was to see Tiger Woods out there at the Masters. See him going up and down the course. And him being in the hunt. Hell, him being out there, period, after what happened in February 2021. Obviously, I wasn't the only one who felt that way. ESPN PR just put out the Masters first round audience on ESPN averaged 2.8 million viewers. The largest is 2018. ESPN Plus had its most viewed day of golf ever. And Sports Center at the Masters, 801,000 average viewers from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That is what you call, ladies and gentlemen, the Tiger Effect. Right now, a man who demands all ears when he joins the show is Deontay Lee. He's from The Athletic. He is covering the draft like a glove. He's talking about the draft like a glove for The Athletic. This is a new job, so congratulations, Deontay, off top. And how excited are you to be able to talk draft all the time? Oh, man, I love it. First of all, y'all are my favorite people to do any type of radio work with, so I appreciate that I get to come on here. This is my first radio spot since taking on a new gig. So I feel like it's only right. Um, for me, though, I-, I love the fact that, A, I get to work for a platform like The Athletic. You know, we're talking about some of the best sports writers in business over a long stretch of time that are all underneath this umbrella. So I'm just honored to be considered in a similar capacity. And then from there, just to be able to talk about ball, and I kind of get to touch on it from both angles. It's not just college. It's not just the pros. You know, I can kind of get that, that meeting point right in the middle with the NFL draft. So I'm loving this opportunity. Yeah, man, I was excited when I saw the news. I was excited for you. I know uh, how passionate you are about the game of football and to be able to talk draft and really be able to do it all year long because that's what it is. It's an all-year-long thing, just like the game of football. Uh, I was I was pumped up about that. So thanks for your time this afternoon. As far as the draft goes, you know, in, in the past, or we've lately started to see a lot of players that don't really have specific positions like a Micah Parsons or an Isaiah Simmons, we just know that they're really good football players. And you saw what a Micah Parsons was able to do last year. Do you think that we're going to start to see more of the players just kind of trending to not really a specific position, but just, hey, this is a great player. We need to get him on the field. I want to say yes, but I also kind of want to throw a little bit of caution with that. Like, one of the reasons why it's possible for a guy like Micah Parsons to succeed like that in the NFL really is just because there's not a lot of guys with that kind of size profile that moves like that, right? It's the same reason why we talk about stretch bigs the way that people do in the NBA, talk about five tool players in baseball, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's because these guys are very few and far between. I do think on the defensive side of the ball, though, what we are seeing are just changes in body types. So, like, a lot of these linebacker-sized guys, people who are between, you know, 6'2 and 6'4, 220 to 240 pounds, we're starting to see these types of guys clock these 4'440s, you know, and put up a bunch of reps on bench and jump 36, 37 inches. And that does open the door for these guys to do more. And one of the cool things, I think, that's a byproduct of the game spreading out more and more is that now we can ask these guys with these rare athletic, you know, kind of body builds, to go do all these different things, you know, and add value to their game. Like, for all we know, if Julius Peppers were a player now, maybe hmm. he's never an edge rusher. 
maybe he's a linebacker. Right. You know, because we all know how fast he is, how athletic he is, how smart he was with the game, all the different things that he could do. You know, he very he very may well have been a Micah Parsons in today's world. So, you know, getting these rare body types in a game that can kind of accommodate them doing a whole bunch of things, I do think opens the door for a lot of guys to add value to themselves as draft prospects. Yeah, Deontay, speaking of body types, I listened to the Athletic Football Show with you and Robert Mays, and you were talking about how experts of the three technique are gone away. Maybe in like 10 years you won't have guys that are just dominant at three technique. So what are some of the changes that you're seeing with defensive linemen and this class that we have coming in for this draft? I just think that the defensive interior guys are just getting bigger and bigger. Like we're kind of – and it's – it's hard to say that it's new, right? Because a lot of this stuff is just so cyclical. Like there was a point in time of football where that was the expectation, right? That your defensive tackles were going to be your 315, 320 pound guys. Then I think that as we kind of transitioned into what I guess you could call the beginning of the modern era of football. So maybe the last 10 to 15 years or so, there was then a premium placed on, Hey, instead of getting a 330 pound guy who can just sit in the area, Maybe we can go invest in a 260, 270-280-pound guy who has really good hands. You know, your Aaron Donald, your Fletcher Coxes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Fletcher's a bigger dude, but I think the point that I'm really trying to make is that it's about the skill set that comes with it and just what correlates with the skill set that you need in a spread-out NFL when linebackers got to walk out the box and now we're seeing more and more too high structures. If the box is not going to be as loaded as what it once was, then you do need bigger bodies up front to be able to handle – all the things the teams can still do in the run game. So that's kind of the reason why I see things trending that way. And you look at the body types that are available in this draft. You know, one of the things that I said to Robert was, outside of like a Logan Hall, who's like 6'6", 260 pounds, mm-hmm. there's really not that many guys that are even available as interior linemen over the last few years that haven't been in that 315, 320-pound range. So that's just where it seems like the body types are going in the college game, and that's obviously what's going to matriculate up to the pros. And, you know, you kind of see that uh, thread that connects scheme and and player profiles and how those things all come together. You know, a lot of people say that there's not a ton of value left in the combine just because it's it's what they what I call the underwear Olympics. But we're seeing these big guys right. that you're talking about, like a Jordan Davis, all of a sudden just haul off an incredible forty. Does that kind of bring more value to that forty, especially when it comes to the big men, not only being big and athletic, but also having that quickness? I think that for a position specifically like defensive line and those defensive interior guys, the combine is really important. Where I think we're kind of losing the importance on are for like your wide receivers and your DBs, right? Because we can all kind of close our eyes and I can give you a blank profile of a player in terms of height, weight, and combine numbers, and you can open your eyes and see 80 different defensive backs or, you know, 50 different receivers who all fit those kinds of molds. So it's harder for those guys to separate. But when we start talking about the bigger, stronger, faster guys, those guys who play these big positions, you know, these big body type guys, they do need the combine. Because how else would we know how to separate a guy like a Jordan Davis from a Travis Jones at UConn? Because you could say, hey, you know, Jones is also, you know, over 6'3 and 330 pounds. He can't do what Jordan Davis does, which is go out and take that body weight, take that mass, and go run, you know, a 4840. You know, and go and chase plays down sideline to sideline. Same with like a Devontae Wyatt. Not everybody who's six four, three hundred and twenty five pounds can run that sub five forty and put up a good three cone and still be strong enough, you know, and willing to show up in the run game and dominate in that way. So that's really what I think that we're starting to see is that with some of these bigger guys who put up those freak athletic numbers, it changes the conversation. Now people really have to debate can we wait until day two 
to go get, you know, the third or fourth best defensive interior guy when we can maybe get the best one that we've seen playing this position coming into the draft in however many years. All right, Deontay, speaking of the combine, a few weeks ago you put up a video of you getting some squats in. If there was a media combine, what kind of numbers you putting up? <laughs> well, I think I posed the question on my timeline as well. And if you were to ask me today, the one thing that I will say, and I've never this, you could ask me when I'm 55 years old, I'm going to always be able to run a sub five second 40. I'm never coming off of that. Nice. Even if you, I, don't care what, I don't care what anybody <laughs> stopwatch says. You know, that's what's happening. I'm never letting go of the fact that I used to be able to move a little bit, you know, in my athletic seat. Uh, I would be really interested to see if we could do that with the athletic because I have a feeling that outside of like Michael Sean, uh, Dugo, who works at the Seahawks for the athletic, I don't know if anybody else really wants to see me. I heard you know, that. When it comes to your strength, your explosiveness, your speed metrics, man. I'll go, I'll go ahead and head with anybody in the media space, man. Man, that's what I'm talking about, Deontay. That's what I was telling these cats here. Yo, yo, Deontay. I was telling them the same dog. thing, dog. I'm a competitor. This, this don't ever leave me. This exactly. Leave me. Anybody want to come see me, they can do that. That's right. You know where to find me. Yo, yes. Deontay, one time Q and I, we out to dinner, and he in the parking lot. He's like, let's race. He's like, let's race right now. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, for real? So then we get, we, get, we get somebody else to do the count, and I do like the fake, like I just ran off to the side, like, ha-ha, we, about, we ain't about to race. This man was running full speed. That's right. That's right. Take See? no L's, man. I want to compete at, at all times. Exactly. That's what I've been telling these cats, man. I've been, I'm so glad you said that, man. It, it, hey, look, we may get older, but we still got skills. We still got skills. Oh, we're gonna be, man. We're gonna be just fine. We're talking with Deontay Lee right now from the Athletic, talking all things NFL draft. So you mentioned Logan Hall, and I actually covered him when he was in high school at Belton High in Texas. He is a big dude, but like you said, really an interior type guy. What are you seeing from a, a Logan Hall? One of the things that I really like about him, and at first it was a concern of mine because of his height. Um, I, I felt like he maybe played too high on my first watch. Like his pad level wasn't great. And then I went back and I watched again, and I realized that, A, it's just hard to ask a six foot six guy to play as low as a six foot one guy, so you don't want to be unfair in that way. And it doesn't stop him because he has a great understanding of his athleticism. One of the things that he does very well, and he might be the best pass rushing defensive interior lineman that we have in this draft. It's his ability to use those long arms, use his hands, and use his first step. You know, and obviously in his time in Houston, one of the things that I think is adds a bunch of value for him is that he's been adding size the entire time that he was in college, right? He did not step in the door as this humongous guy. He continued to add weight, get more comfortable playing on the interior, and he's able to bring that athletic profile that he had as a defensive end leaving, you know, the high school level and getting to the college level. And now as a defensive tackle, he can take some of those pass rush skills that he maybe owned when he was a little bit smaller and still be able to apply that to the body type that he has now. And I think that that's what makes him really valuable in this year's draft. Yeah, Deontay, speaking of guys who are a little bit big for the position, Tariq Woolen, cornerback at a UTSA, what is, what is it that makes him special? But also, what are some of the deficiencies of a corner that's that big? DBs win games. That's what makes him special. Absolutely. So I will say he still has a little bit to work on in terms of like being a technician, really being consistent in his technique, whether he's playing press, playing off, playing the ball in the air. But one of the, you know, one of the great things about being the level of athlete that he is is that he's never out of the picture, right? He can lose at the line of scrimmage and get himself back in the phase. Uh, you know, he can go do all the jumps and play at the highest point. So it's just a matter of, like, refining those tools. And I will say for a guy like him, because this corners class is so deep, that actually kind of opens the door for him to go someplace 
where he's not going to be asked to turn in the, the number one corner on the roster, right, where he gets a chance to really develop and hone those skills. I think that for a bigger corner like that, one of the questions that I always have is whether or not a guy like that can play inside. And if Tariq Williams is a guy who is able to play inside at the next level, he has a lot of value to himself. I think about a guy like Russell Douglas, who I don't think is as athletic or wasn't as athletic leaving college as, um, as Tariq Willen is now leaving UTSA. But if you can play inside at 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", you know, really be able to use your length and your athleticism from the interior, now you can play more, you know, throughout the game. I think about teams like the Bills and the 49ers who want to play with five DBs on the field at all times. If you can go in and help set the edge in the run game, be good in run support, and you can play man coverage against these slot receivers who are starting, you know, who are playing between 5'11 and six foot. if you can dominate those guys, there's an immense amount of value in that, and that gives you time to kind of build up the skills that you need to play outside, which I'm sure is what he would like to do eventually in his career. Well, since we're talking about DBs, let me get your thoughts on uh, Sam Houston State's uh, Zion McCollum. I mean, I know it's a smaller school, but he's a big dude, 6'4", over 200 pounds, uh, and he could play. What are, what are your thoughts on Zion? I think that, you know, when we have these conversations about some of these later-round defensive backs, to me, it all just comes down to versatility with him. He can play. I do think, you know, being a small school guy, one of the things that you kind of lament with guys who come from, like, maybe the FCS level is that they don't have, like, that Khalil Mack game, you know, when he was mm-hmm. at Buffalo, right, where you right. go play in Ohio State, and then you get to go and just tear off off the edge, and you get to see, like, okay, against other guys who may be considering to play in the pros, you get a very clear picture of what he, what he is as a prospect. And that's the same kind of thing. What I will say for him that kind of works in his favor is that he knows how to use his size. You know, playing at that height, it can be difficult as a corner. But being able to play with your length, play with your height, and understand that that's an asset for you and knowing the ways in which it can be a deficiency or be an issue against certain type of wide receivers and playing styles, he'll certainly get a whole lot of testing of that at the NFL level. But I think that based on the tools that he's bringing into the draft, again, as a late-round guy, you bring him in for depth, and maybe you get that versus be able to use that versatility and that size to your advantage. And I think worst case scenario, if you're a guy who kind of gets flexy, seeing being a nickel, being a safety, you know, playing outside a little bit, he's probably going to have to take some time to figure out what his real fit is in the NFL. And I think once he lands there and is able to apply some of that size, I think that you can get some value out of him later on in the draft. All right, Deontay, I saw you was real active last night on Twitter <laughs> about the album Ramona. Ramona right. Park broke my heart. Right. Ben Staples. So what do you I'm think about it? All day. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I mean, so we got DJ Quick on the album. I thought that was special right there, having DJ Quick. And then that, that was preceded by, like, A Free the Homies. So from just, I know it's only one day of sitting with it. What was your favorite track so far? Right now, it's t- I'm going to say DJ Quick. Well, a, because I saw that his name was listed on the credit. So I just thought that's just a great homage for a Long Beach kid, Compton is a city, is right outside of Long Beach. So I just thought it was a great connection to start with. I grew up with quick playing, you know, in the speakers in my house. Mm-hmm. You know, my house was a DJ, so I have a real kind of close connection with a lot of this, this culture and music. Uh, so I thought that that was awesome. But, man, it's hard to be free to homie. You know, when I think about all that I spent in high school, you know, in college as a youngster with all my boys, you know, what we were riding out to, sounded exactly like that and what my dad and his homies are riding out too sounded exactly like that so just kind of capturing that energy and being able to tell the story of what it's like growing up in a city like Long Beach and trying to deal with the pitfalls the highs and lows of everything that you kind of go through some of the trouble you can get in and how you need to work your way out of it while also still having love for the fact that your city is your city and you kind of have to you know accept it with all its warts 
you know, I think that that's all throughout the album, and I think that Freedom Homies is probably the perfect song to kind of tell that story. Deontay, before we let you go, I got to ask you this question, man. I mean, you played ball, and I'm sure you've had friends that are, you know, been your friends for a long time. Well, Damon here, and yeah, we love we, we love Damon to death, but he claims that he was a basketball player in high school, right? But he has a friend uh-huh. named Kayla that apparently has known him 12 years, and she was on the show with us on uh, on earlier this week, and I asked her. Have you ever seen DeMond play basketball? She says she went to the games at the high school and never once seen, seen him on the court. So to me, that means he never played basketball. What are your thoughts? I will say, <laughs> number one, I, I was just going to say, I think it's hilarious that they really went out and pulled the receipt on you <laughs> and that your homie couldn't come through for you in your time of need, whether you played or not. You got you to gotta reference a friend that calls in and can at least play up the story. So I feel bad if you didn't have a friend that could come through for you in that moment. But I do think, if, especially if it's um, one of your one of your homegirls that can't come out and come through for you and vouch for you, then I'm going to say that you weren't really a hooper. <laughs> I'm not saying that you never picked – I'm not saying you never picked up a basketball. Right. If you wasn't at the game and she can't vouch for you, then you weren't really a hooper like that. That's what I would say. That's facts. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's facts. <laughs> Uh, what, I, what I was, I mean, you guys are out in Vegas, right? Like my homegirl Danielle Miller played basketball at UNLV. She can vouch for the fact that I really was running track and playing football out there. Boom. You know, when I was when we were in high school together, there uh, it I is. don't know if I'd run into those problems. So I hate to hear it from my guy. <laughs> I hate to, I hate to have to report it on him. He's a good guy. You had to say that. You he just like, didn't play ball. Good job having you on the show. You want you wanted to do this. I'm just saying. I just threw it out there. Yeah, yourself that's all that's all we can say did it to yourself yeah absolutely no doubt about it well great stuff as always Deontay what do you got coming out on the athletic that we need to be on the lookout for so right now we're kind of playing with a few ideas, you know, after just having announced the team. So we're still trying to sort out exactly how we want to attack this thing with such a short runway to the draft. Mm-hmm. I will say for me personally, um, I'm going to be writing about linebackers soon. I kind of want to touch on every one of the defensive positions, similarly to how I talked about the edge rushers between Thibodeau, nice. Trayvon Walker, and uh, Aiden Hutchinson. So I will be on the lookout for me doing that with defensive backs and linebackers coming soon. We'll obviously put together a, a mock draft of my own, and then we'll do a roundtable with the whole new NFL draft team and do the Athletic NFL show on the podcast. We'll be preparing for the draft all throughout the rest of this month. So you'll see a lot of my face and, and, a lot of my face and hear a lot from me. Uh, so just be on the lookout for all things The Athletic with my name on it because there will be plenty of it coming out really soon. I like it. I like it. Are you coming out here to Vegas for the draft? It's my plan, even if I'm not company-sponsored because y'all are close. Right. You know, I don't ever mind hopping on the 15 and just taking a couple hours to drive. So um, I'm, I'm going to try my best to get out there. And if I do, please believe we will be in touch. Yeah. Okay. Right, bring your sneakers, too. Lace up. <laughs> oh, bet. Oh, bet. I'm taking you right to the post, bro. Trust Done. We're going right to the post. Thank right. you. That's, that's my guy. Deontay, we appreciate you. We'll catch up when you get to town. All right, man. Y'all be easy. All right, be good. Have a great weekend, Deontay Lee. I don't know why you. I don't know why you try to write these checks that your ass can't cash. I don't know why you keep trying to well, write I'm them. Right, I'm writing them all. I know. I know. You're in debt now. You're in so much debt. Uh, we had someone that texted in and was like, "Oh, Q always talks about just rebounding and playing defense. That, that's all I got to do. I don't have to do anything against it. We gonna go to UNLV. We'll go anywhere you want to go. There's I a want, park I right around a, the no, corner. No, I want a good court. Okay. I don't want no concrete excuses. Double Whatever. rim there's excuses. No, there's no excuses. No, nah, I mean we. You know what? We could play on any hoop you want, wherever you choose. 
I will be the visitor. Whatever you're disrespecting court. me. No, definitely. You're disrespecting me. Yes. You know, and I won't take too kindly what? to this disrespect. You don't have to take kindly to it. It's just the facts. Well, I'm, I'm going to show you. I Please. So, Act you like know, I'm from the show me state. Show me. Show me, man. You, be, hey, you better get training. You better start training camp now. I'm ready. I'm ready. You born ready, huh? No, I'm, I've been ready. I was I was ready last night while I was sleeping. You might want to do some drills, stretch out. I don't I'm need to do you anything. You get this work. That, fine. Bring it. I'm ready. I'm willing. You tell me the spot. I'm there. Tell me when and where. You know, when you go to the court, apparently, and play with boys, you ain't never said, hey, Q, you want to come over here and play, man? I know you're at the house chilling. I'll get in the car man, right now. You'd have the excuses ready. I don't have no excuses. Got the podcast. Ah, uh, you know. If Sunday nights I do the podcast. I do the I would do the podcast the night before. No problem. I do the radio show Saturday night. You know the time. I tweet it out. <laughs> it's it's facts. I do. Everyone knows my schedule because I tweet it out. Speaking of cheap plug, I'll be on ESPN National tomorrow night, seven to ten. Just saying. Throw it out there. So if you want to get, get a game going before I get my hair cut at 945, I got a big, large window of opportunity. A large window of opportunity. Just saying. Whatever, whenever, whenever you're ready to catch some action, let me know. Just like that race that happened and I took off and you st- stood at the, at the starting line just looking, it's kind of what's going to happen in the game. I'm going to take off. I'm not even going to shoot a jumper. I'm just going to take everything to the rim. Everything's going to the rim. What makes you think you're gonna get there? I, I just I know me. I don't. It doesn't matter. This oh. is the thing. This is the thing. The the game is not about anyone else. The game is about you. I had a football coach tell me Q is never about the person across from you. It's about you. It's about the guy that's wearing the jersey. It's not about the guys across. But what from happens you. when the person across from you is just better? They're, they're, he, you're not. <laughs> that's the thing. That's, you're, you're not. What's gonna happen? Because let me paint the picture. My competition and my competitive nature will outdo your competitive nature. I guarantee it. I will not lose. The sweat's what did Jay, from your What brow. did Jay-Z say? I will not lose. Enough said. Sweat's beating from your brow, Q. You just thinking to yourself, why can't I beat this guy? Oh, no. I go left, he's there. If I go I'm, right, he goes if there. If I'm I sweating. Try to, I try to hit him with my little shimmy, my go-to move, and he's stopping me at every turn. If I'm sweating, it's out of laughter. Like, my stomach will be hurting me because I'm laughing. Y'all hear this? Yes. They hear it loud and clear, and you will, too, because I'm going to narrate the game while we play. I'm going to narrate everything that's going on. Everything that you do, I'm going to talk about. Believe me, that's, that's who I am. Just like Deontay said, oh, that's facts. I can get anyone who wants that. That competitiveness that came out of him, that's what real ballers say. We have confidence in ourselves. I have all the confidence in the world in myself. Raider Al from Alaska said, a game that irks me. Is that a Akib chain snatching game? Bad enough it was a loss, but to kick us while we're down, shake my head. Meant to say cornerback in that last tech. Ha- having issues. Voice of text. I'm a UPS driver here. Hey! Shout out to the UPS driver, man. Shout out to anyone who's in a delivery truck right now. Mailman, UPS, FedEx, Amazon. What else do they have out there? Whatever it is, man. Whatever you are doing delivering, shout out to you. That is not an easy job. You get out there in that truck, get so damn hot in that damn thing, your AC is called the door open. That's, how, that's what your AC is. Promise you. You telling me there are no ACs in these trucks? No, that wow. big old truck ain't AC'd. And if they are, man, they that's, they're living the high life. Mine, mine wasn't AC'd at all. The way I cooled off was I sped up, and a lot of times that's hot air, so that don't even make it better. Got a text that we'll close the show with. Vinny Bonsignor is at at uh, 
the T.I. for In the Huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Make sure you go check him out. He's got special guests that are going to be on location. I'll just throw that out there. One of them you saw on TV during the Final Four action. Definitely want to show up and, and, and show up for that. That's going to be great. I might show up for that, too. Got a text here. Q, I can honestly tell you I've waited three days one time at the local gym to watch DeMond play basketball. Turns out he never showed up because DeMond doesn't ball at all. Anywho, I'm on my way to BTS. Sincerely, Kayla, a.k.a. Sir Whiskey Ray. <laughs> Vinny's up next. Red Nation Radio 920. I'm gone.